Welcome to a Healing Peace Podcast. My name is Kimir Baker. I am an overcomer, writer, speaker, and God enthusiast. I am fueled by helping women achieve their emotional healing so that they can live the abundant life God has for them. In this podcast series, we provide faith-based inspiration to men from emotional hurt along with tools and tips for emotional wellness. In your journey, as you apply these tools and tips, you will begin to live the transformed life that you always desired. In fact, you will possess a new you. Welcome back, you guys. I thank you for being with us last week. We were having such an incredible conversation with Sindhu and just talking about our identity, talking about true hope and joy. And as I promised, I wanted her to come back because I wanted to talk through a little bit of how to make this practical. And I know she made this statement that go, going to your therapist once a week is not going to resolve it. And I was like, is she trying to talk herself out of a job? But uh, <laughs> we're going to spend some time to just working through like our emotional piece because that, that's part of our healing journeys as well. And, and part of that connection and, and being able to be clear-minded with God in that way. So Sindhu, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Kamir. Glad to be back. Yeah, I'm excited. And I, I know, again, as I said before, where we left off, we were talking about resting in God. We were talking about, you pulled out a, a really powerful scripture. And so I, I kind of want to take us through the journey a little bit of, in the midst of all that good stuff from a Christian perspective, being able to begin to put that into practice. And one of the things that I thought about and put into practice is how are we able to maintain our hope and joy? How are we able to put those principles into practice and be able to work through that as well from an emotional standpoint of how do we do this in our new lifestyles? Because we've had to adjust. I, I think there's no, nothing more powerful than the word. and so. What I'd like to do, if I may, is go back and read very quickly here for us, chapter 2, verses 14 through 16. Do all things without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights of the world holding fast the word of life. So, I mean, okay. I mean, Paul knew what he was speaking about. It was true then. It is true now. We as a people, we're many things, but we are unfortunately complainers, chronic complainers. Yeah. So, <laughs> and so, you know, I would exhort you to take Paul's word to heart and try to catch yourself. You know, it, it, it's a complaining posture. It's not simply your words. It's an internal posture that you take even before you open your eyes 
to jump out of bed in the morning. Okay. Mm-hmm. So positioning yourself, posturing yourself before you even open your eyes in the morning to not complain and to, in fact, do the very opposite of complaining. It's burning. Yes, yes. And that's why the Christian path is called the narrow way for a reason, right? It's not the broad and easy, comfortable path, you know? But so this is what we're, we're exhorted to do. And then if I can jump to chapter four, verse five or seven, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds. Christ Jesus. What a powerful, powerful passage. And again, we are being exhorted by Paul. Look, you know, when you're anxious, what you have to do is bring it to the Lord. With thanksgiving, Father, I know you are in control. I I I bless you. I thank you because you see my you see my sorrow, you see my, my lack, my, my need for provision. And so with, with gratitude, with thankfulness, bringing our, our requests to God. So these are a few ways I believe that we can kind of manage our, ourselves during the season. And, okay, so you shared a lot. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And again, since you are a counselor, I want to pick some of that part of your brain. What are some of the things that you've noticed during this season that you're hearing of people trying to adjust and, and pull all these things together? Yeah. You know, one of the things that has really become evident to a lot of us in this period of isolation rather social distancing and all of that is how much we need one another, you know, how much a hug means and not being able to see our elderly parents or grandparents, not being able to maybe attend school in person, right? That human connection is such a gift from the Lord. And in our first segment, we spoke a lot about being centered in Christ and our identity just revolving from our connection with Christ. And I think that the second aspect that comes through in the book of Philippians is our connection with one another, specifically the body of Christ. You know, we are social beings, and this eight-plus months of social distancing and all of that is really, really taking a toll. Um, It it seems to me what I'm hearing is that rocky relationships are becoming rockier, you know, and good relationships are becoming stronger. So it's what you feed your relationships is so important. And 
So, you know, I just wanted to take a little bit of time since Paul thought it was important to address the strife and the quarrel between, I believe, two women in the church, important women, you know, leaders with him, and he really implores them to be of one mind, to be united. And again, by no means is he saying that they need to believe the same things, think the same things, agree on all things. I don't believe that that is the basis of unity. I believe that the basis of unity is Christ, right? I mean, we may look different, we may think different, but, you know, um, Jesus shed his blood for you and me, and at the foot of the cross, we are all the same. And, And so our faith in him and his love for us it binds us together in a way that is that marks us, that sets us apart. And so if the world sees us, you know, eating each other up like, you know, wild animals, that, they, that is the reputation that we are presenting. And Paul, I don't know exactly where at this moment, but in the, in the book of Philippians, he tells us to to watch the way we present our lives because, okay, well, actually, I found it. It is Philippians 1, verses 27. It says, let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ. And so the way we walk and the way we talk People are watching us, and and we are ambassadors of Christ. And so whether we are social distancing or not, the way that we relate to one another is going to impact our overall health, be that physical health or mental and spiritual health. So um, I know I'm cramming a lot into our time, but I didn't want to move forward without addressing our connection, not just to Christ, that's primary, but secondarily, our connection to one another, which has come under a huge uh, attack uh, or has been severely impacted during this time. So my word of encouragement or exhortation to fellow believers is find ways to reach out, forgive one another, Extend grace to one another because right now, more than ever, we need to stand on what unites us, and that is the cross of Christ. And I do appreciate you sharing that because I know during this season, it's a little bit more difficult to stay connected. And I want to see how do we begin that journey of getting reconnected And then what happens if we're not in that connection mode? Okay, well, I I do believe that we all have only 24 hours in a day, you know, and so there are things that we need to take a stock and our, our daily schedule is one of those. As a culture, as a community, in general, we are about nonstop 
going at 100 miles an hour, you know. And when I look at the Bible, I, I see a God who models rest. I mean, why does the God of the universe, who by his very word, you're right, he creates something from nothing, right? And he breathed life into dust. Why would a God who is as powerful as that rest on the seventh day? And I, I strongly believe that the Bible is full of models that he provides because he is trying to set an example for us. And so, you know, when we look at our schedules and they're so packed and they're so full, consider what can I maybe take off my schedule so that I can reach out to a brother, to a sister, to a family member, or, you know, maybe it's people within your own household. You know, how can I maybe turn the news off and just sit outside on the, in the, on the patio with my kids, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's really about, again, looking to, you know, cut back, mm-hmm. um, or like I often say to my clients, in order to say yes, we have to say no. <laughs> so you need to practice saying no a little bit more so that we can say yes to the things that are truly beneficial and life-giving, like relationships and connections. So that would be definitely one thing to help in really reconnecting and you were asking me, Kamir, about some other things to kind of help during these times. I'd like to talk about, having spoken about rest, other, other self-care methods. And I was going to ask that question. So we're, we're on the same path right now. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, I appreciate um, it. You know, yeah, absolutely. One thing that I like to, like to repeat is, Exercise your mind and exercise your body. In this time when a lot of us are confined, we need to be more intentional about switching off our TVs, our social media, and all these background noises and really exercising our mind. And we can do that by, again, healthy conversations, meaningful conversations, by reading for fun or for learning, and then moving, move your body. Believe it or not, just sitting in one place for hours on end is not good for your body. Your body is going to be more forgiving if you are younger, but once you get into your 30s and 40s, believe me, your body is going to start talking back at you. And so... We were just, we were not created to sit and not move. Our bodies were meant for movement. And so those are a few ways that we can practice self-care. Sure. And I kind of want to bring up a little bit because when you were talking about rest and, and connection being very key for this season or in general for our, our well-being. I, I, I want to add, though, because something that I know in my own life and someone keeps telling me over and over again, 
especially the value of resting is what happens when I'm not in that mode, when I'm not able to spend my time decompressing, sleeping or or spending time meditating him or, or spending time connecting with others. I know for myself, one of the things that happens is I kind of lose my mind a little bit from an emotional standpoint. And I began to be filled a little bit more with anxiety because I, I'm not in a position where I'm at peace, right? And, yes, and so, absolutely. yeah, and so what I would love because of what you do is perhaps you can give us some practical methods besides resting and connecting to how we can handle our anxiety in a healthier manner. Yes, absolutely. And Philippians 2.14 talks all about it uh, up to verse 16 about dealing with anxiety But a very practical way to handle that is what I like to call putting boundaries on your anxiety. First of all, I'd like to start off by telling you that your symptoms of anxiety are not your enemy, okay? People tend to kind of experience various symptoms because they haven't cared for themselves because they haven't connected with God and with others in a in a, a healthy and meaningful way. And so they develop a lifestyle of anxiety. I have to I have to stress that anxiety very easily becomes a lifestyle. But in and of itself, the symptoms of anxiety are simply messengers. Your symptoms are messengers It's your body trying to tell you, hey, wake up. I am not doing good. We are not doing good. You need to take care of us, Mm -hmm. right? Your symptoms, if you simply medicate your symptoms, it may disappear for a while, but the root problem remains. I'm just going to, if I may take a a minute here uh, to share an anecdote. You know, when, when we had our baby, He's six and a half, still calling my baby. But when he was born, as parents, we were very anxious when his, you know, when that temperature would go up and we would, it's 100 and 102. And, you know, the the instruction that we were given was to not medicate his fever until it had reached a certain temperature. And, you know, by you know, human logic, to me at least, I, I thought, wow, that's why should I not give him some Tylenol when his fever is 101? And what I was told is that the body is raising its temperature to fight the Mm -hmm. virus, okay? Mm -hmm. So if I medicate the fever, I'm just really medicating the symptom, and the body is really fighting this virus. And so anxiety in and of itself is not your enemy. If you would pay attention to it and would take the opportunity for some self-reflection and try to figure out, okay, what really is going on with me? What is my anger telling me that I need to address? What is my anxiety telling me to address? So in that way, you use your emotional symptoms to course correct. But going back to this exercise, 
on emotional boundaries with your anxiety, what I recommend is, you know, this exercise where every day you have a time during the day, preferably in the middle of the day, and you sit down and you take a piece of paper and you write out everything that you are anxious about Mm. and just write them all. And then when you're done, you tear it up. And as a believer, I would, you know, encourage you with Philippians 2.14, offer that list as as prayer requests before the Lord, and then you throw it away and you're done for the day. And so as you go through your day and an anxious thought comes up, you're going to tell your anxious thought, okay, and no, you're not crazy for talking to yourself. David did it all the time in the book of Psalms, right? And, and, and you will tell that anxious thought, hey, you had your time from 12 to 12.15, okay? Now, you're going to have to wait for tomorrow, 12 o'clock, right? So go and, you know, hang out on the couch, right? So this is a, a, a sort of internal dialogue or self-talk that you are engaging in. And in doing so, what you are doing is putting emotional boundaries to your anxiety. Mm. So, yeah, that would be a technique or a tool that you could use. Well, I definitely appreciate that because I know for me, when I get in my emotional state, I can just chew on it and chew on it and chew on it until I'm so exhausted I can't do anything else. So the mere fact of hearing you say emotional boundaries and to be able to have a practical technique to get to that place, I'm grateful. (laughs) Absolutely. I do want to add, add, Tamir, that the reason I said try to make it sometime during the middle of the day is, and that's very convenient because most of us, Take lunch breaks, and if you don't, then, hey, you need to re-examine your self-care. But the reason why I say middle of the day versus evening is because when we start to come to the end of the day, we don't want to really rehash or dwell uh, because we're trying to unwind, right? So take care of this sort of business earlier on in the day uh, so that you don't carry it in through especially through the evening or into your sleep at night. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely appreciate that. And and I believe too, just the things that you've presented in terms of managing anxiety, in terms of rest and connection and, and being in Christ in that way as well, are all facets to maintaining our hope and joy and being able to not be on that roller coaster sort of of life circumstances. And then especially with this anxiety piece, I, I think it's so imperative to be able to have something that we can say, okay, I know I'm enduring life and it happens, but but how can I practically move forward in this circumstance and, and not lose my mind? <laughs> yes. You know, yeah, come here. Uh, and and, and it's, it's really, it's in and of itself, Anxiety has become a pandemic, right? Mm. It's not just COVID. Um, In this year, um, there has been such an uptick of anxiety and depression. And so people like me, unfortunately, 
or fortunately, really have a lot of work for us. Um, because <laughs> yes, people... you've been busy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because with, with what is going on in the country and around the world, anxiety is definitely the kind of the new pandemic that we are having mm. to, to deal with. Yeah, sure. yeah. Sure. And it definitely makes sense because we're at a place where things are beyond our control and just learning how to place or be acknowledging that God still is in control. I, I do want to, you know, before we end, I do want to mention uh, two more things, if I may, if we have the time for it. Go for it. You know, uh, one is based off of Philippians 4, verse 8, which I'm going to read for us in a minute. But what I want to encourage our listeners is watch what you feed your mind. Because mm. what you feed your mind is what it will feed on. Okay, and so Philippians 4, 8 talks about, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on those things. So, again, I, I really encourage us to watch what we feed our mind because mm. what we feed it will be what it feeds on and what it exudes, what it releases. And finally, from Philippians 4, verse 9, I you know, think that that would be such a great way to kind of end this time. Paul exhorts us. The things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. So again, Paul is saying, look at me, watch me, see how I do it, see how Jesus did it, right? And if you do, the God of peace will be with you. That's it for me, Kamir. <laughs> Thank you for the things that you share. You you said so many profound things. And listeners, as you know, I always do a, a tools and tips show where we highlight all this great information. I don't know if I'm gonna be able to get this down to 10. I'll, I'll probably I'm gonna try to get this down to 10 tips, but if not, you can always come back and re-listen because it was a lot of insightful information. So Sindhu, thank you for your time today. I'll see you guys next week for our wonderful recap. Thank you.